Hey, welcome everybody back to the Reflex Blues Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery. And today I have with me Amanda Hoffman and Megan Tamanis. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Yeah. And, and Amanda, you, you're you a adjunct faculty at the Metropolitan Community College here in Omaha. True story. Where, where I myself <laughs> am back to, I'd taken a long hiatus. Yeah. And you've been teaching the portfolio class for like seven years? Something like that, yeah. Seven-ish. Off and on. Off and on. Yeah. And and Megan, you're teaching over at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Mm-hmm. So was so that like two weeks ago? You got you had your students? It was, yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, so I show up and, and they always have the students reviews and I had a, a former student that was showing their portfolio, so I showed up to you know Support. Guess, yeah. Yell, yell at them. <laughs> Something like that. For that. And <laughs> and I realized we have not done a show about portfolios in quite a while, and stuff has just changed. Yeah. Like, it's changed. Yeah. They're a lot better like, than when we were in school. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're getting such better advice than we are. <laughs> I don't know about that, but kids are better. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, there's that, too. Well, part of it, part of it is, and I know this happened, like, over a decade ago was, was one of the big changes was printing is now just so easy. Right. Like everyone has an amazing printer. When I was in school and it was a while back. Yeah. A while back. Like the color printout was expensive mm-hmm. and it looked kind of, it didn't look like, you could tell it was just printed by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so you could tell immediately if it was a student book or not just based on that. Mm-hmm. And, and you only have one copy because that's all you can afford. Right. Now, like, kids can professionally print things. Mm-hmm. You can even send things to Blur. Mm-hmm. And not that these things are, per se, cheap, but, but, but I mean, if you want to make it happen, it, 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 it won't set you back thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. So, and, and in the cost of what you're paying for all your education, it's probably a, a small, small portion of the bucket or whatever, anyway. Yeah. I definitely don't think that we were steered to... I think some people took initiative quite a while ago to have something printed pretty professionally or print it, print it, print it again until it's as good as you can possibly make it on your inkjet at home. But now it feels like there's much more guidance and professors are understanding how much that professionalness is really appropriate when you're showing a student book to not be disadvantaged by student work or looking like student work or just having that be the forefront of the conversation. So it really looks like educators are taking care of them now by guiding them in the right direction. I know Amanda has, she gives a lot of her time to helping them have um, a really professionally looking printed material, right? I try and it's funny you like down the inkjet printer and like that's where like, oh, I my love heart it. is. <laughs> oh, I have no issues with it. I think you can make like beautiful things on inkjet. No, printers. I, no, I'm certainly not um, saying anything bad about inkjet. We didn't have one in the classroom. Yeah, that's, that's true. What I we mean. had our own. Yeah. yeah. And, and the inkjet like I had, you could tell it was a home inkjet. Yeah. Now, now mm-hmm. like the inkjet we have here at the office is yeah. like six color. Yeah. Like, like yep. the last 10 years, a six color inkjet the, the quality is better than, than a lot of offset print places. Oh, yeah. So exactly. You get a good inkjet printer with some beautiful Epson paper, that's going to be better than yeah. any kind of offset you want to think of. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Agreed. And you can control it so much more instead yeah. of just letting the printing gods take the wheel. That's sometime. right. <laughs> so why is it that you guys stick with, like, right now you have students still have to have a printed book, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what, what's, I mean, because I know a lot of it's online. Like, I assume your students also, a vast majority of them probably also have some sort of online presence, if not a Behance page. Right. Yeah. And I think 
I think it's important to have that physical portfolio for quite a few reasons. I think, first of all, I mean, you have to figure out what kind of portfolio you want based on what kind of medium you want to work with. Like if you're just a web designer, a print book probably isn't for you. You want to um, market yourself as any kind of print designer working with things. Like I think you have to have that because I don't want to see a picture on a website of a book or brochure. Like I want to touch it. I want to feel it. Mm -hmm. I want to see what you've done with your typography. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think, too, I think it shows craftsmanship, too. Like, I think um, when you look at a student's book, you see what kind of care they take care they use in producing things. Um, and I think you can tell a lot about a designer that way, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't teach uh, a portfolio class, but a lot of my work from my classes, I guess not my work, the work that um, I'm in charge of art directing does end up in their portfolios and I see a lot of books and I review a lot of books. So I'm not really in charge of making that decisions, those decisions for them, I suppose. This comes up a lot because uh, I think, I think you definitely don't necessarily need a printed book if that's not where you want to direct uh, your career path, I suppose, as Amanda was saying. I do think you need to be respectful about how much I can understand and learn about a person through a printed book. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing their ability to uh, look professional, uh, mock something up for a client professionally, being able to have something tangible that people can hold in the office and look at and put on the wall and stand back. It's so much different to see something in CMYK than it is in RGB and understanding <laughs> understanding True. that there's such a, you know, like those little, being able to navigate the RGB to CMYK, um, the world means you're going to be able to to handle the client's panic when it doesn't look like what they think it's going to look like or it could be could be pushed more in a direction for the colors right or the the way that the the pieces the dimension might look a little different that you can change those because you understand those spaces and because we still live in a world where I think that um, print is Sure, there's less of it, but it's more important than ever now because everything can be online. So when you do get something printed, it's so much more of a risk. It's more it's money. It's an investment. It's an investment. Yeah. And so seeing that you care about that as much as it's worth because it's going to be worth more uh, to your business to be able to, to talk a client into that and showing that you have an understanding of presentation means a lot about you and about my ability to trust you that you can do that for your company. I think hand skills aren't dead. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I still mock stuff up all the time. I know. You have to make it look decent. And, it feels yeah. good. Now I should note, I, I believe Amanda, the, the program of Metro is, is set up where, I, where I'm also at to where you can get associates and basically print or an associates in the web. They have, mm -hmm. they have kind of two tracks right. and, and a lot of the intro classes do match up at the portfolio is geared towards print designers. So of course right. they're gonna, so mm -hmm. having them having a printed book as compared to over at UNO, where you might have more right. the students together, mm -hmm. is, is you know, per, just curriculums are a little bit different. They are, yeah, mm -hmm. they definitely are. I, I think you, the direction at Metro is much more clear. It's much more of a clear path. It's a bit more choose your own adventure at UNO and um, you get what you put into whichever direction you want. Studio classes are set up for you, and it could be different, so correct me, Amanda, if I'm wrong, but studio classes are set up for you to explore the kind of career that you want and to be reinforced in that. And so, yeah, it could be that you're mainly in a digital space. I would just tell a student to 
be expected to know why you made that decision. Be expe expect that you might have that, um, people might be questioning why you don't have a physical portfolio. So make sure that you have good, believable, non-defensive rationale for why you chose a digital platform. Otherwise you're gonna look like you're making excuses. <laughs> but I think it's important to, without be, trying to be a jack of all trades, it's, it's important to be able to have an online presence as much as a physical presence, um, understanding that you need to be able to be able to kind of understand those platforms and the way that people receive them. There's something still really fantastic about that moment where you give someone your business card and they hold it and they look at it and they flip it over and they're spending that time looking at your name and looking at your skills. That's just a really important little kind of introductory to who you are that can't really be, can't really you don't do anything like that online. It's so much quicker online. You just go on a page and, and you click on the next thing, but they have to absorb your name and your skills for that moment. And I love that, like that forced introduction, I suppose, through print. And, and when you hand it to another designer, it's also that forced immediate judgment. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is that too. An immediate judgment. Uh -huh. and read it in their face. Yeah. And totally. don't make excuses for about why anything is like anything. Just let them have <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think to your point too, like you were saying, like it's a forced look at something. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I like physical portfolios too. Mm -hmm. Online portfolios, you just scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, that's kind of shiny. Let's look at that for a minute. Mm -hmm. A sit down portfolio review, you're mm -hmm. really looking at the intricacies of the work and figuring out um, who it is behind the page too, who the designer is and who the brain is behind the work that you're looking at. And really looking at concept and things like that. So mm -hmm. I I just enjoy the portfolio mm -hmm. experience as a whole. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be right back with Amanda and Megan. Okay, so back when I graduated, mm -hmm. you know, the, the hot jobs, I yeah. think I've mentioned this before on the show, were, you know, annual reports, right. stationary set, uh, CD packaging. I think I don't know if if any company does any of those like they used to, huh. like like I, I mean the annual that. reports are are legally still there. Yeah, they people still kind of have stationary, but it's not like the first thing they want. Like like any time business used to start up, that was the first thing they wanted. Yeah. Right. Now it's they think about it later, if at all. Mm -hmm. And then and then no, I mean CDs are now just JPEGs. So so or so, vinyl. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> But so with that being said, like mm -hmm. if those would have been the things that, you know, you wanted to design, what, what, what do students need now in their book? Like what's the, what's the current project that, oh. that tells? Oh, so are you asking what the trophy project is like ever, or what is the hot? What's the hot project? And then, and then the second part of this will be like, what should be in a book? Okay. Some of those things, I don't know. I still have to do annual reports, but I, I think I'm actually me. teaching that quarter. This yeah, year, I'm teaching that this quarter. <laughs> but 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 the thing I find though is when when the student has an annual report in uh -huh. their book, a lot of times it's the only thing in their book that has a lot of copy in it. Right? Oh, that's a thing. And yeah. so mm -hmm. so even if they may never do an annual report, yeah. As reviewing books, I can tell pretty quickly, like, can you handle 16 pages of copy? Yeah, right. Because nothing else in your book shows me that, except mm -hmm. for this project. Yeah. So I think if, if that's if you don't have that in your book now, it's great if you have something else that shows. You know, I think you should have something that shows, here's 
ton of copy. I totally agree. And we kind of like in the portfolio class that we teach, we kind of do like a checklist. Okay. We need to make sure that you have instances of a lot of copy. We need to see like a two color. We need to see logo work, you know, and kind of checking all the boxes. Um, another um, like large copy piece that students will use is a magazine. Uh, we do it in our publication design class, but something that has like multiple pages of copy, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. I do still, and maybe I'll get some eye rolls, I know, but I still really like the annual report project. Um, I just like to see how students think and solve problems with it because usually they're given just a bunch of numbers and copy and seeing the way that they break all of that up and add in some infographics mm -hmm. and make it into something that is pleasing to look at and easy to digest. Um, I personally like just to see the thought pro process of um, that. But again, I realize that there might be some eye rolls to that statement. <laughs> well, they, I, I assume a large percentage of, of work in the field is doing work that looks like an annual report. Heavy right, copy, yeah. heavy charts, no no glamorous photos, no like magazine look because it's like business documents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And But telling a, a student to do a business document as an assignment and not saying it's an annual report, I don't even know if they would do that. Like they'd be yeah. like, what? I mean, it yeah. would be just terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's here's like some HR forms. Why don't you do like 20 of these? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> forms, I personally love forms. And I think they're one of the hardest things to do. And they get like, they don't get a lot of like accolades. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a, just forms a in a form yeah. portfolio. It's true though. But I if I see so that, thrilled. I feel like, you know, <laughs> you like, I don't know. Like, Work is well done forms I know something. exactly where to go. That box needs checked. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it shouldn't be in their books. I'm just saying I've never seen it's it. It's not No. I do think yeah. the annual report gets um, a bit of a bad rap because it it, it seems to be um, to represent the large amounts of information. So I, I think your statement was actually really interesting and gives me something to think about that balancing that out so that it looks like they understand typographic hierarchy in general in some other form or um, not in a form, but in a form. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so maybe it's focusing on something with consistent branding that looks maybe uh, corporate or in-house, or it just shows your ability to navigate the emotion and aesthetic of uh, a brand persona with a lot of information alongside of it. That might be interesting or gosh, I guess... I'm not sure. I, I know you said you're teaching an infographics class. So does that come with just visuals or is there a lot of copy and information with that too? Oh, it's, it's information design. And so, so they're doing like, um, Oh, it's information, not infographic. Well, there, it, there's four assignments and one will be like some sort of infographic. One will be uh -huh. like right now they're doing a, like some sort of chart. Right. And then, and then the, but the big project, the, the, even though there's four projects, the one that literally takes up half the quarter will mm -hmm. be the, will be the annual. Okay, interesting. I know at UNO, we focus a lot on research for their senior projects. So a lot of the copy is written by them and refined by them. And so they'll have a, a series of posters or a book that they produce where it's a lot of copy or they'll have um, a zine, which you asked about what are the hot things. I think zines are way back. Yeah. Watch out for zines because they're... Okay, I'm all, I'm all about it. Yeah, they are um, a great counterculture form of communication to get your message out. And they're good uh, little, they're a good little device that's made itself back into popularity. And I also we teach a couple 
of classes that have a zine project in it, I think that's a really good way to show me that you can understand how a user absorbs content and how you can put a lot of information into um, and balance that with just general graphic aesthetics. I think that's a good project for showing how can you work on a budget of zero dollars. Right, right, exactly. And also how can you show as much of your personality in a piece Yes. but still make it something that other people would want to look at. Right. Yeah. It goes back to our roots too, where design yeah. came from as um, you know, being able to communicate in a way not everybody else can and using that to have a more powerful voice. So yeah. I'm a hundred percent behind them as <laughs> a tool. Mm -hmm. I love seeing like any kind of passion project in a portfolio mm -hmm. too. You can't have a whole portfolio chocked full of them, but right. like at least one where you're just like taking some risks and doing something that you're interested in. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a poster, back to your original thought, like, what are the big things that... So you need at least one thing that's too big to fit in <laughs> Yes. It's physically too large. Exactly. So you and you have to make that sacrifice to. of, do I fold it, do I scale it down, yeah. it hurts so bad, have doesn't it, it? Have a centerfold, a trifold in the yeah, middle yeah, of your yeah. portfolio. Uh -huh. I've done a lot of posters, so that was always a struggle for me, where I would, um, the photo just never did it justice. No. A mock-up looks good, but I want you to see the way I navigated this color separation <laughs> and so I'm rolling out this big thing in the middle yeah. of an interview but I, I love print pieces I love seeing people interact with print pieces I love the finality of print just that it is what it is at that time and I can move on from there because and, paper because paper <laughs> Yeah. Now, speaking of these large things, yeah. so like also, like when I graduated, the books were, I mean, we had like... They 18, were big. We had 18 by 20 oh, books. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, we had giant Oh, ones. I want to die thinking about how <laughs> stupid I looked in waiting rooms with that giant portfolio, yeah. <laughs> just sitting there, like, waiting for my name to be called for a job interview. And, and somehow, over the years, they've all shrunk. Yeah. I, I still only have the big one, but mm -hmm. it never leaves the office. I'll show it to people if they come here, Yeah. because yeah. it's not that big of a deal, but, right. I, but I don't need to... Ported anywhere, right? You know, uh -huh. so, but but now all of a sudden they've all shrunken down to where they're they either make them or yeah. create them. Uh -huh. Like, and, and there was a little bit of that when I was graduating, and I think nationwide, I think it changes. I, I don't think the people. Someone said like in New York they never had them that big because you had to you carry them on the yeah. yeah, I'm sure. But I could be, you know, generalizing too. Mm -hmm. So what what what's the current trend on that? Oh, I would say it fitting in a backpack, probably. Yeah, I see a lot of screw posts. People make oh. them, people buy them. Pina Zangaro seems to be the hot the hot mm. name brand that people go to. There's I a lot of people. options. Oh, pardon me. Okay. I teach people to Japanese stab sew, so they have another uh, handmade aesthetic in them. And if they want to do more than that, they can look up how to do a Coptic stitch or some other form of just an easy binding yeah. um, element, I suppose. But... Uh, I think showing that you built your portfolio is another, it is more of an explanation of who you are and how much you kind of care about design. I don't necessarily think it's necessary, though, unless that's what you want to focus on, that you want to show your mm -hmm. hand skills and you love production. And maybe that's you want to push yourself in a direction where you're building tangible things like product design. And if that's what, you know, you are passionate about, I think that's a great indicator uh, to whoever you're applying to that maybe you should be steered in that direction but I think um, I think it's all presentation based if you if you I mean obviously but if you are going to a place where they're presenting to their clients 
physically and you know that because maybe you've done your homework and you know how their marketing department and in their designers operate then you should speak to to their methods possibly if you know they're doing a lot of mock-ups then refine your mock-ups and make sure that you have you can speak um to that presentation scenario i suppose but I think uh, that's because every you can make things look so believably. Have you explored the new CC program too? There's a I can't remember what it's called, but there's a mock-up program that Adobe just released that I have an Ask Linda bookmark on it. And there's this whole program where it's easier oh, for I us to that. build yeah. our mock-ups and spend a little bit more time not being slaves to what's out there and have sort of our aesthetic and our designer. I've, I've noticed that mock-ups like CD designs and all that and package designs, yeah. like the mock-ups and, you know, either using a Photoshop template or, uh-huh. or using this new tool you mentioned, have gotten tremendously better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Like they're crazy better. Yeah, but there are certain ones where you just see that one all the time in student work. And I guess... It doesn't really bother me because I am looking at the work more so than the mock-up. But if you have a chance to shoot, always shoot. Mm-hmm. Always shoot your own work, or I think. Or put the physical piece in there, too. I right. think students always want to take photos, and sometimes pho- photography skills aren't the best, and you shoot yourself in the foot a little bit. Right. Like if you can just put the physical piece in there, I think yeah. it looks great. That's true. Um, and balance your whites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> balance your whites. Can I, like, jump back to the physical portfolio real quick? Because there is something that I'm super excited about. Metro has the new prototype lab, and you can make portfolios for fractions of the cost that they're charging online with just some piano hinges and get some some great stuff laser cut. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, there's they have amazing capabilities. You have to just, like, get, like, an intro... Um, to the equipment class, and then you can use that stuff and make super awesome stuff yeah. that's not going to look like handmade, crafted from your local craft store or whatever. And there's other places, great. other than other than there, and other places across the country. I'm sure mm-hmm. they have similar stuff. Like, like Do Space, there's even like a laser cutter there too. So there's yeah. some great opportunities to make cool physical portfolios. Yeah, I would add to that, know what's in your area. Uh, I have to inform students so often that we have uh, the Union of Contemporary Arts where you can screen print or you can do your, you can take photography classes and go to their lab hours and get mentored by beautifully skilled professionals. And there are other places in town like Do Space where I know a lot of local makers are getting stamps done by taking their stamp class and investing in a handmade aesthetic for their own promotional material. Ask around, network with the people that are with you in class or that are also out there looking for jobs. Maybe you have a skill that can help their refine their portfolio a little bit better. Like say I'm friends with a photographer and maybe they're not so good at design and layout and you can help each other out. Um, Design is not about doing it all yourself. It's about understanding your resources as well. So I would encourage people to not just sort of stay in what they know is our options or just go to FedEx. Or yeah, and, and that's not bad. I mean, your, your portfolio, especially once you get in the, in the out in the, quote, real world, mm-hmm. quote, um, very little in your portfolio is 100% yours. Right, yeah, yeah. And so it's not bad if to have work that, you know, you, you were on a team with, yeah. someone else took the photos of, someone else wrote the copy of, yeah. mm-hmm. you only partly designed. Like, right. these aren't negative projects as long as you're – 
as long as all your work is consistent with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a hard transition too. not thinking of portfolios in the way that I just graduated portfolio, but that one year out portfolio is tough because you've been working or maybe even one to five because you've been working for a while and you don't have those much of those passion projects, but you have more collaborative projects, or maybe you just have that boring form that you Flavors <laughs> <laughs> of love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as you talk about what, how you solved a problem in that piece, it doesn't really matter uh, that it looks like the kind of designer you want to be or you're capable of, um, as long as you can communicate, uh, not necessarily what you learned, but how you were able to creatively problem solve. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to be right back with uh, Amanda Megan. Okay, so resumes. Mm, resumes. Now, one thing I noticed, man, is, is everyone in this quarter handed out resumes and business cards. Mm, yeah. And I know it doesn't always happen. Like, aren't there sometimes where the kids don't have them? If they do, they get a bad grade. No, it's part, <laughs> it's part of our curriculum. Yep. Okay. Yep. They have to have a business card and resume mm -hmm. where they do, um, they kind of have to create a self-identity for themselves. And, and and I think that's the other part that I always am used to seeing copy. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you see a book and it's great work, but the only, sometimes the only thing you see is like, where's their, where's their like massive amounts of copy, right. copy? And then you're like, oh, I guess it's on their resume. That's true. <laughs> even though it's only one page, you can tell immediately. You can tell by a resume a lot of times mm -hmm. if it's even worth looking at their book. Yeah. So important. It's like the very first introduction. Like it's here's how you handle type, you know, mm -hmm. and how you organize things. It's like the first introduction to your design. Yeah. For sure. I think it's more important than the jobs that are on it sometimes. Like just depending. Like if you're straight out. Yeah, if you're straight out the yeah. gate and you have a beautiful resume and you've been at Starbucks for, you know, twelve years, I don't care. You can design a beautiful resume. So that's, it's, it's a real big tell. It's a hard problem to solve, even when you've been around a while, especially when you have too many jobs and you don't know how to navigate that grid without showing, you know, how many places you've been. So it is, it is interesting. It's interesting to see what you emphasize too. So if you have only worked at a grocery store and a coffee place, but you have won all these student awards and you are part of these affiliations. And when students highlight that over where they've been, it shows me that they can control the, the, the way I absorb the content, which is cool. I love a good resume. Yeah. I keep, I keep everyone I have. Yeah. So yeah. Do you? Yeah. But, but that's cause you know, I don't, I don't get that many cause half the books I see, they don't have them. Really? Wow. Yeah, a lot of them you don't. I mean, Meet the Pros, I think I got one of them. Got okay. Like six, seven kids. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. In a resume. Yeah. Huh. Because it does kind of do the same thing we were talking about with the dreaded uh, uh, annual report project. It's just taking a bunch of information and, you know, reducing it down into a really simple way to to scan something and, and understand. So, yeah, it's a good, mm -hmm. good representation of your skills. Yeah, and just seeing how you can... You can, uh, you know, have that same message of who you are and what your brand is and what you want to do across the business card to the resume is a lot in two pieces as a student. It's also not the place, I mean, everybody's going to shine too. So if it's pulled back and simple and it's just a good level, some good levels of hierarchy and I can navigate it pretty easily to answer some questions about who I'm looking at for what position, that's fine too. If that's not your hero. Oh, I don't have to be blown away by the creativity. Yeah, of it. I exactly. just want to be like, I'm just saying like, you can tell me like in, 
like in three seconds, like mm-hmm. can, can you handle type? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, there's even, even if it's if it's subtle or loud, either way, can you mm-hmm. can you handle anything? Yeah, and I see sometimes students putting their entire life and skills into a great leave behind piece that is also a resume that's also a coaster that you can mail out during Christmas and I tell them if that's not where you want to develop your skills then don't spend all of your time there don't overwork that problem unless you have really something specific to say if you're solving a problem I think that's the um, biggest question you have to ask yourself about every piece how are you important to this problem here and how did you navigate this creative solution there also and as a student I guess showing which direction you kind of want to go or you're interested in yeah no I think you should always have I always have four or five resumes every time I apply for a job just in case somebody wants one when I'm out the door. I think it's nice to have it there mm-hmm. for you to look at and reference. I think it invokes like a good conversation about where you've been and where you want to go and what your skills are. I'm, I'm picturing Megan wheat pasting the door of the office <laughs> of Brian with her resume. Like, yeah. like, like permanently destroying the outside building. They're like, if they don't hire me, they're going to remember me. Yeah. Hire me, I'm worth it. Yeah. I, probably... I do think sending a physical copy though is still yeah. a good idea. I feel like people don't do that as much anymore because mm-hmm. it's so much, you know, email this that kind of thing and I think if you like mail a flat resume I think that that can kind of give you some attention (laughs) at the very least bring it just so you look prepared oh absolutely don't be caught without your business card it's a bad look (laughs) I've definitely been there (laughs) like I'm a designer without a business card I'm just gonna back out of the room yeah <laughs> I'd be amazed at how many people don't have them. I know. Yeah, me too. It's it's a it's a bad it's a bad look. I understand if you're going to um, dinner with your uh, significant other on a Friday night and you don't have one when I see you at M's Pub or something like that. But if you're going to anywhere where you are seeing people or you want to be involved in any way, um, yeah, definitely bring your business cards students and professionals because I I need them because I am going to touch base constantly with professionals or people that are just starting out maybe I want them to come to class and talk about something and if I don't have one I can't I I don't know how to get a hold of you and it's a lot of work for me to find you it's also like especially with students like the resume and business card is is another way where that you can immediately see their craft Mm -hmm. totally because they can't mass produce it right Mm -hmm. like I mean they can but it's like it's like you only you only need not not that many, mm-hmm. and so you can't ship it off to a printer. You're printed, they're all printed themselves, and, oh, and we know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we know they're we know they're creating them themselves, or they're creating it on a budget. Like how yeah. how are they handling that mm-hmm. and still making it look good? Yeah, Moo.com, man. Little for what you pay. They oh, I can do. Love, yeah, they can do like a little triplex. triplex. Mm-hmm. Ooh, paper yep, nerds. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> paper nerds in the house. How'd you get that triplex? <laughs> Your triplex. <laughs> yeah. So did you duplex this yourself? Or was this that self adhesive paper? Or did you what kind of mounting mounting device did you use? Yeah, I guess that it is kind of nice knowing just off the business card if you have a, a fellow kin paper nerd. It, you know, something mood has beautiful cards, but not always is it really you put so much work into aligning things or what your master grid is and sometimes it's all over the place yeah i get them students get them back where they're not perfect yeah their kind of alignments are weird it's called a real world lesson yeah honestly yeah you, you, gotta, you gotta send it out with enough time to have it reset that's yeah. true that's very true mm-hmm. that's but true making sure you upload the file correctly like that's 
That's real world stuff. Or hey, if your business cards come back bad, say something. A lot of the time students are like, well, I guess this is print. No. (laughs) (laughs) You should have had a proof and that proof should have looked like what you wanted it to look like and your card should look like that proof. So if your alignments are all whack and half of your front is on your back, say something. (laughs) Complain about it. You should. It's a big deal uh, what your business card says about you. And if you have no money and you have like $10 and you need like seven business cards, yeah. it's never wrong to get some of that Epson heavyweight paper, right. duplex it together, use your careful hand skills. It looks all velvety and delicious. Like velvety is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> I well, had, oh, sorry. So, some of my favorite business cards were ones I did myself when we ran yeah. off on a laser printer that was low on toner. Yeah. self duplex. The grunge days. Oh, right. <laughs> Exactly. And, and those went over really well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I had a student give me other people's business cards that were, um, it was, he had painted on top of them and then screen printed his information on top of it. And it was, it was really cool. It was a really cool message. I remember that, yeah. So it, it was neat just to see like, hey, I didn't have a lot of money and I had a buddy that could screen print and I just made my own, each one was different. And uh-huh. they, they looked really kind of guerrilla and counterculture and they had such a voice and it was really cool. So as long as you're creative, I don't care. I don't yeah. care if you give me a, a napkin <laughs> if it says something cool about you. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go, let's give one more piece of advice to the students from, from both of you, um, from each one of you. Oh, let's gosh. go first. Do you want me to go first? (laughs) Um, I think my biggest advice would be that your portfolio is never done. So when you are creating it, kind of plan ahead that it's going to be updatable. So make sure that it's going to be easy for you to update and switch out projects. And um, so something that's maybe not permanent. That's not bad. That's not bad. Because even I keep mine updated at all times. Never know. You don't. Mine's I would like to outdated. say that mine's fine. Yeah, don't look me up. <laughs> I'm working on it right now. Yeah. And my husband said the other day, you've been saying that for three years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. I have been updating every three years. I guess my piece of advice, something that I think would be really important for people to know, it, it, just support your portfolio in whatever whatever way you choose to present yourself. Be able to be the host of a conversation. So guide someone through your book, guide someone through your work. Uh, don't be defensive. Use your rationale in a way that invites someone in on the conversation instead of um, always justifying every single choice that you made. Just be a good, be a good presenter at the very least of what you care so much about. And it will say a lot for you, regardless of how you choose to show your message. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Beery is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dustlab. Find out more at myspace.com slash dustlab.